Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is Brum's The Word, a brand new podcast series from Anything But Footy, focusing on the stars competing at this summer's Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games. I'm Michael. And I'm John. Like lots of sports, 2022 is a busy year, with many events playing catch-up after being postponed due to the COVID pandemic and moving of the Olympics. The best British badminton players are in action this week at the European Championships in Madrid, fresh from Team England, announcing their squad for the Commonwealths this coming summer. Ten athletes have been confirmed to return to Birmingham, scene of the recent world-famous All England Championships, including mixed doubles pair on and off the court, Marcus Ellis and Lauren Smith, who've both been speaking to Michael. Hi, I'm badminton player Lauren Smith. Uh, I have five Commonwealth medals and I'm really excited to be back uh, representing Team England. Lauren, five Commonwealth Games medals, <laughs> but there's one missing, isn't there? And that's the golden one. How much does that ambition burn inside you ahead of Birmingham 2022? Yeah, it's a huge uh, motivator for me. Uh, obviously, you know, really happy to have achieved what I have done for Team England over the years um, you know and at no point do I feel like you know it was a, a under achievement of mine um, but I know that I am capable of getting that gold um, and yeah that is absolutely what I'm hoping to achieve in Birmingham and you know I'm hoping factors like it being a home games you know the home crowd having family nearby uh, and things like that will will also help me to to maybe realize that dream. Because you guys have been on a real tough ride, if you like, haven't you, during the pandemic, playing in empty arenas. And this will be the first big tournament, but first big multi-sport event where you get that home support again. Yeah. And, you know, when we first started playing in the empty arenas, I didn't really think much of it. I was like, oh, it'll be fine. You know, I'm still just playing badminton, got same equipment, same rules. Um, but actually what I did find is that I couldn't turn around games like I would in crowded arenas um I couldn't quite get my adrenaline up to the same sort of sustained level that I could when the crowd's there and as soon as we got the crowds back um at a few different events you know all England being a great example this year I just felt so much more alive on court again so much more focused so much more driven and you know there was games that I probably should have lost that I managed to turn around and you know, I didn't really put that down to the crowd previously, but now it's been made very clear that that is a huge part of what helps me as an athlete. And so, you know, I played in Glasgow um, where I had at times a home crowd. You know, we actually played the Scottish pair first round, so definitely didn't have a home crowd for that one. 
Um, but I still remember those moments. I remember how it lifted me when I was at my most fatigued uh, and how it kind of focused me when I really needed it. So to have that in Birmingham is, is just really exciting. I can't wait. And I remember speaking to so many athletes at the Olympics in Tokyo, and they said one of the toughest things was not having that support network around them. They might have had their coach, but they didn't have their friends, their family. And I know obviously you have Marcus, but not to have that wider little group around you must have been very difficult sometimes. Yeah, it's, you know, it is very different. I think with multi-sport events as well, you find that athletes, the huge peaks in their career, you know, Olympics and Commonwealth Games, you work to work towards it for years and so when you get there you want to be able to enjoy it with the people that helps you get there which is you know your friends and your family and you want it to be memorable and more than just maybe a normal event um and so yeah having family on the sidelines cheering you on and you know proud no matter what happens is is a huge thing and you know it kind of can lift you between matches it can give you that extra bit of energy but also to know that you kind of saying thank you for all of the sacrifices and stuff that they did over the years by by trying to I guess put on a show for them (laughs) and tell me about badminton England now is it a better place to come to work these days than it was maybe 12 months ago two years ago yeah definitely it's massively improved I think um you know obviously it's a long road to I mean it's nowhere is ever perfect but it's a long road to improve and to change but the mindset and the direction of everybody on board is just so much better than it was. You know, everybody's really united. Everybody's a team. You can feel that people feel supported. They also feel like they can speak up if something isn't working for them or isn't, or if they're not feeling so great. And, and that's just hugely different to where it was a couple of years ago. Um, we've had a lot of kind of changes of staff at the top level and a lot of changes of mindset from players and staff alike. And, yeah, I can't really express how much happier I am here. Um, I feel like it's really an environment that can create top-level players and produce top-level results, but also where we can kind of thrive as people. Because I don't think many people understand when you get selected for the Olympics, people think that's got to be a career high. But for you, you express kind of disappointment and upset around that selection process. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I wanted it to be a career high. I wanted it to be a part of my life that I look back on and just went, wow, it was amazing. When in reality, it was a really quite a dark time. Um, You know, obviously for Marcus especially, um, it was really difficult. And I was kind of living that along with him whilst trying to prepare for the Olympics. And for to come in back into the environment and to not have it kind of um, acknowledged was... um, I don't know, it wasn't getting the best out of me. You know, you know, I didn't feel like I was being cared for in the way that I should be cared for. And it was just a very negative time, which is, um, you know, a real shame because I wanted it to be something positive and exciting. Um, but now I think the people in this building have learned from that. And I'm, I'm pretty certain nothing like that would ever happen again. What can you tell us about some of those challenges that you were experiencing during that time? Um, I mean, it was just things like um, I went into a meeting with the head coach at the time to talk about how can I prepare for this Olympics when my partner didn't particularly want to be in the building, when everything, you know, there was all of this noise going on. I very much wanted to have a performance driven meeting. And I sat down in that room and had the selection criteria slapped down in front of me. 
to which I said, I'm not here to debate the selection. I'm here to discuss how I can prepare for the Olympic Games so that I can peak because I've been working towards this for five years. Um, and it just very much felt like um, a power move and a move that wasn't uh, interested in my well-being, my performance and getting the results that we want to get uh, at major games. And so, you know, that's just a small example of a few things that happened during that period of time, which were very detrimental uh, in a lot of ways and, you know, took a little bit too long to kind of rectify and put right. But fortunately, you know, that's we are there now when those things have been reviewed uh, in, a, in, in the way they needed to be. Yeah, it's great to hear how things are moving on. So just finally, how much are you looking forward to, you know, getting on court, getting to Birmingham and being being back there, being back at a major event? Yeah, I'm really, really excited. I think it actually feels like quite a long way off in the moment. But, um, you know, with the way the world goes, it'll be round in the blink of an eye. Um, so, you know, I've got a few events before we get to the Commonwealth Games, which is great because we can hopefully try to find our form find that confidence on court and we've been working really really hard here in the training hall and in the gym uh, and we've got kind of a great structure and plan leading up to the games so you know hopefully we can execute that and it can be uh, an extremely memorable uh, and positive couple of weeks in Birmingham. Well good luck to you good luck to Marcus as well as you together look to add another medal or two to <laughs> a very big collection that you've already got. No worries. Thanks, Michael. I'm Marcus Ellis. I am a professional badminton player. Previously won an Olympic medal in Rio in 2016. And in the Gold Coast in 2018, I won a gold, a silver and a bronze medal. And I'm absolutely delighted to be selected again for uh, home games in Birmingham. And hopefully we can bring home some more medals. How exciting is it that it's a home games? You're based in Milton Keynes, Birmingham is just three quarters of an hour up the M1, M6. And you know the venue well, because it's where, of course, you play the All England. It's quite a unique experience, actually. You know, I've, I've, I do class myself as quite an experienced badminton player now, but having a Commonwealth Games in your, in your own country is quite, it's, it's a new thing to me. So I'm not overly sure what to expect. I think it's going to be an amazing experience, a very positive experience. Um, and I'm, I'm actually very excited to see some full stadiums and arenas again, because um, for me, that is one of the big reasons why I still play. You know, through um, COVID, I've been going to tournaments in empty arenas and actually it's it's really soul destroying. Um, so for me, having having people back cheering for us and really appreciating everything that's on offer to watch is it, it's a real privilege for me. Where do you put the Commonwealth Games in terms of your calendar when you work it out? You'll have the Olympics, you'll have all England, Worlds, Europeans. How does the Commonwealth Games fit into your planning and your preparation? Yeah, it's absolutely one of the, the biggest tournaments in our, our competitions on our calendar. Um, we, are, we had opportunities these last few weeks to go to competitions if we wanted to. Uh, we've chosen not to because we think it's detrimental for our preparation for the Commonwealth Games. Um, and we only ever really do that for, like you said, maybe the World Championships, maybe the world, uh, maybe the Olympics, to an extent, the European Championships as well. But, you know, for, for me, Commonwealth is up there with the Olympics for sure. And you had a very busy Gold Coast. You mentioned the three medals there. What's your schedule looking like for Birmingham 2022? So this time around, our, 
I will be only playing one event in the individual, whereas last time I was playing two. So I'm hoping from that side, you know, I won't be quite as exhausted as I was um, because that was physically the most demanding thing I've ever had to ever had to do. And I will play in the team event, hopefully, and I, I can keep, you know do my part for the team. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully win and bring home whatever colour medal what um we, we end up getting but i'm hoping that it won't be quite as physically demanding as last time does it have to be a gold for you um i think going into it uh, the the individual particularly myself and lauren we're we're going to be seeded top uh, we're going to be seeded one and okay it doesn't necessarily mean anything um any of a few pairs could win but there's a reason why we've been ranked at number one and ex- seeded at one and expected to win. It's because of our performances in the last years gone by. So, you know, I expect that we should be there and thereabouts. And I would, I would be very happy with a medal of any colour, but I want to set my, set my standards exceptionally high. Um, and I know I have, previously I, I have won a gold medal, um, but Lauren hasn't. And for me, it's a, it's a very big opportunity for her to tick something off on her list that she felt um, was really missing last time. And I, I'd really like to do that for her also. Whenever we chat, I always refer back to a discussion, an interview we did in the gloom in Rio with you and Chris after you win, won your bronze medal there. It's been quite a roller coaster since we thought that was the launch pad, the liftoff. But since then, there's been so many issues with badminton England, with funding, with issues around selection, coaches. Have you guys got a smile back on your face now? Yeah, you. I mean, I don't. I'm not going to gloss over it. Absolutely right. We've had. Issue, it seems like issue after issue after issue, and you feel like you take one step forward, and then you get knocked two back. Um, and it has been a very challenging few years, you know, four or five years. It's, it has been very, very challenging. Um, I would say the start, since the start of this year, it feels like we're on a on a better track. Um, we have had a couple of fresh faces come in um, and we, we, we're not changing the direction of the programme, but, you know, the real core values and what, you know, what everyone wants the program to look like we've really been having these hard discussions um and that needed that have needed to happen for a long time and i can i can say now regardless of what results we end up getting going forward the program is in a much better stable place than it has been for for quite some time so do you enjoy going to work now? Because there have been suggestions before and certainly Lauren put it out there on social media that she wasn't enjoying going training, wasn't enjoying coming into the hall. Yeah, um, there's those periods, particularly last year, um, that not just players, coaches also. Um, you know, I'm not going to get my violin out just for the players because it wasn't just that. Um as I'm sure everyone saw, the coaches and management came under attack um, and it's also not very nice for them. And no, but at one point, I don't think anybody particularly wanted to be going, playing and 
training and because it wasn't a nice environment. Um, but looking looking back now, I was I, I think well, was it necessary? Did that need to happen for us to get back to get to this point we're at now? Maybe maybe it did. Um, so yeah, again, that was it was a tough period where maybe some people fell out of love with the sport a little bit. Um, but I would say it's very positive now, and I'm talking blanket for everybody. Well, that's good to hear. Obviously, UK Sport had their say, and in Sue's story, you've got a new chief executive as well who's come over from volleyball. So the culture feels different, as you say, as I said earlier, smiles back on the face around the Milton Keynes. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I, like I, said, I never like to just talk just about myself because I can be hugely biased. But, um, you know, I, like I said, I'm the oldest player here and a lot of younger players often feedback what they're feeling or what they're thinking. Um, and it is everything is just more positive. The energy, you know, the energy and the vibe in the place is just it's turned a corner. Um, and I just hope it's a start of something, you know, really quite, quite good. And for you, last question, have you had any thoughts about what comes next, whether Paris is in sights? Yeah, of course. You know, Paris is Paris is, was in our minds on the plane home from uh, from Tokyo. You know, we we came after the match. We said we can't that can't be our last Olympic match. You know, we have to we have to do this again. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it was straight away in our minds and. I can't, I can't answer what could happen after Paris, but 100% right now, body and mind willing, you know, we, we want to be there. Fantastic. As ever, great to chat with you, Marcus. Thanks for your time. No worries. Thanks very much. Team England's Marcus Ellis and before that, Lauren Smith. Tokyo 2020 Olympians Toby Penty, Sean Vendy and Ben Lane have also been selected, along with 2018 Commonwealth medalists Jess Pugh, Chloe Birch and debutants Callum Hemming, Freya Patel-Redfern and Abigail Holden. And don't forget to follow us for all the latest Commonwealth, Olympic and Paralympic sports news, views and interviews. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Amazon and Google. Just search for anything but footy. Podcast Network.